OPEC decided to delay this weekend's meeting on the back of tough negotiations between Saudi Arabia and other member nations. So oil fell yesterday. The US dollar shortly gained on the back of strong economic data from the US, but it's down again this morning. And today, well, the trading volumes will be thin. Volatilities could be higher than usual as Americans will be off to their Thanksgiving dinner, which apparently costs around 5% less this year year compared to last year. So there you go. Here is something to be thankful for this year. So welcome. This is Swiss Coats Daily Market Talk. So OPEC decided to delay its meeting that was supposed to take place this weekend to next week. Because talks between Saudi Arabia and African members apparently ran into trouble. As Saudi probably sensed in this week's poor price action in the oil market, so that by the fact that Saudi Arabia will double its production cuts price action, that one million barrel per day extra cut wouldn't make a miracle, wouldn't send the price of a barrel higher sustainably. So what they need right now is other members to put their hands in the mud as well. And, and apparently the negotiations with the other members haven't been easy so far. So as my mom always says, she says that everyone is nice and kind when the pie is big enough, but when the pie gets smaller, well, troubles begin. So this is where the troubles may begin for OPEC. I mean, I'm not saying that they will begin, but I'm saying that they could actually begin at this point in time because a while ago, remember, I had mentioned in the market talk that, you know, the Saudi has actually a history of walking away from its role of swing producer, where Saudis actually play a crucial role in the global oil markets, in balancing the global oil markets by adjusting their production levels to stabilize global oil prices. Well, you know what? Back in the 1980s, Saudi Arabia had actually shifted the strategy and opted for a market share approach instead. So that means that instead of cutting production to support oil prices, Saudi Arabia had decided back then to increase its output significantly, contributing to a glut in the global oil market. So when global investors see that Saudi Arabia, after all the efforts that it has done to stabilize oil prices, is not getting that support that they need from the other member nations, the other producer countries, well, they naturally think that not only that the Saudi Arabia could eventually abandon the idea to double its supply cut, but it could eventually reverse it. So such a decision from Saudi Arabia would lead to a sharp decline in global oil prices and have a significant impact on the economies of other oil producing nations as well. So yesterday was a swingy day for oil markets on the back of these news. So the barrel of American crude actually sank to $73.50 per barrel level before rebounding back toward the $76 per barrel this morning. Brent, on the other hand, fell below the $80 per barrel mark before rebounding back above this level. Both in Brent and in US crude, the 200-day moving average remains a solid resistance as the worries of global slowdown 
down actually outweighed the worries of supply restrictions and that even more so as Saudi Arabia starts giving signs of stress and frustration regarding their solo role in cutting production. I tell you, when the prices don't follow the supply cuts, well, the financial consequences for those who actually cut their supply are not brilliant. And well, speaking of morose growth projections, Forecasts for German growth for 2024 have been significantly lowered recently, and that was following the recent budget chaos in Germany after the German Constitutional Court actually declared government's spending plans, well, unconstitutional. So Germany, which used to be the European growth engine, is now seen growing just 0.4% next year. And the UK, on the other hand, cut also its own growth forecast significantly in yesterday's autumn statement. So that wasn't really good either. Jeremy Hunt said that the UK economy would grow only by around 0.7% next year. So that's still better than uh, Germany's 0.4%. But that projection is down from the 1.8 level announced earlier this year. So the good news here for British people and businesses is that uh, Hunt announced tax cuts for both individuals and companies and also lower the national insurance payroll levy. Woo! And the Brits will now make a permanent 100%, yes, there's no mistake, 100% tax relief on companies' capital spending, or thinking that they would actually boost growth for investors. But, but don't be fooled by these beautiful and incredible numbers like 100% tax relief, because in reality, the British tax burden will still mount to 38% of its GDP by the end of this decade, and hence will reach its highest level since post-World War II. And that 100% tax relief that we are talking about, that they call full expensing, is well, obviously very good for businesses which invest in big machinery and big stuff, but in a service-focused economy like the UK's, the benefits will likely remain limited. So this is maybe why the market reaction was muted yesterday. The 10-year guilt yield was slightly up, but really, really slightly up. The FTSE 100 index closed yesterday's trading session slightly in the negative, while cable fell below the 1.25 mark. But that was mostly because of a broad-based rebound that we saw in the US dollar, and that actually hit all major peers. The euro dollar also fell to 108.50 level. So diving into the US dollar, the US dollar index actually rebounded at yesterday's trading session, and that rebound was on the back of some economic data released in the US that cooled down the Federal Reserve dose enthusiasm. Because first, well, the short-term inflation expectations in the US advanced to a seven-month high in the month of November. Now, Americans now expect a 4.5% jump in consumer prices over the next year. So that's not good news for the Fed. The University of Michigan sentiment index, on the other hand, improved more than expected. And, and also, the weekly jobless claims in the US fell the most since June this year. So all these are obviously negative for the Federal Reserve those. On top of it, well, Adobe Analytics said that Thanksgiving shopping this year will be up by 
0.4% in the US. And no, 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 it is not because of inflated consumer prices. On the contrary, according to Adobe, e-commerce prices fell for the 14th straight month by 6% from last October to this October. And if we factor in the online deflation, well, the Thanksgiving spending growth in the US this year would be an eye-popping 12%. 12%, guys, it's a lot, but it's always the same old story, obviously, because Americans spend, but they spend their savings, and worse than that, they spend on debt. And in this context, the use of buy now, spend later options has jumped by 14.5% since last year, and it will certainly hit back the US economy at some point. But at one point, we will see that for now, the US two-year yield remains real steady around the 4.90% level. The US 10-year yield is headed back to fresh lows since this fall after a short attempt for a rebound at yesterday's trading session. And the US dollar index is back to testing its 200-day moving average to the downside. Now, note that Thanksgiving is one of the calmest trading days of the year, so you should expect some thin trading volumes and hence some higher volatility compared to the usual times. Now, one last word for today. Happily for the American people, for the Fed those, and for all of us that inhabit this world, well, this inflation is on the menu of this Thanksgiving in the US. Turkey prices cost around 5.6% less than last year. Stuffing mix costs nearly 3% less. Pie crusts are nearly 5% cheaper compared to last year. And cranberry prices are down by more than 18% compared to last year as well. So it is said that an average 10 people Thanksgiving feast would cost less than $62. So that's less than $6.2 per person. And that's down around 4.5% compared to last year. And I would like to add that you can't even buy a cafe croissant for that price in Switzerland. So, bon appétit. So this is all for today. I'm Ipeko Skardeshke and thanks for joining me and thank you for all your beautiful and supportive comments. I hope this episode of Market Talk has been helpful and it has been insightful to you. So please do not hesitate to leave your comments, your reactions and your questions below as usual. And follow us on Instagram, on X and on LinkedIn for regular market updates. And subscribe of course to our YouTube channel channel for daily market comments and please do not forget to hit the like button on these videos to let us know that you actually do enjoy them i will meet you again tomorrow and until then good day trading